Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is your your family-friendly favorite isolated quarantine sports betting aficionado, Damon D. here, hanging out and going stir-crazy. I've been here with you through this trying time of the sports apocalypse, trying my best to bring you anything and everything I possibly can for us to talk, wager, think, and pontificate about. I think we've done a pretty good job thus far keeping ourselves occupied. But now, me, the good people of Bet Online. .ag, our sponsor, have finally come up with something that can really sink our teeth into, pun intended. I'm a dad now, so I can use those dad jokes. It is the Major League Eating Quarantine Challenge. They've teamed up with Major League Eating. They've got the top Major League Eaters on the entire planet together to compete in a quarantine challenge. Four rounds, four delicious ingredients in timed eating competition. I'm super, super stoked to uh, have on the line with us today uh, two of the uh, amazing competitors, uh, Miki Sudo and Nick Wary. They're together, isolated and quarantined, but they're hanging out with us today to talk a bit about the quarantine challenge. Guys, how the hell are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, my... Yeah, well, I mean, here's the deal. Um, I know you guys have been stuck in quarantine just like all of us, trying our damnedest to stay occupied and, uh, and paying attention to ourselves and not go crazy. And uh, I know, though, it's been tough because um, generally eating competitions exist with a ton of other people eating and a ton of other people watching. Um, how cool is this, though? You guys might be on the, on the edge of like the new world order of sports in particular, but especially eating because, frankly, if you just time it, you guys can just do it yourselves and show it, can't you? Yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. This is a really cool opportunity. Um, obviously, normally at this point in the year, we're either getting ready for early season competitions or competing. Um, so when we were contacted by Major League Eating uh, to have this opportunity to do this remotely, it was insanely unexpected and really exciting to, <laughs> to get that, that competitive drive immediately came back to be able to compete from afar. Um, and like you said, this, um, this is possible maybe opens some doors for doing this in the future, even once hopefully, you know, we're all back outside and living quote-unquote normal life. Um, maybe we can continue some of these remote competitions so when the weather isn't so pleasant in December, January, we can still do some of these um, since most of our contests do have a tendency to take place outside of huge events. You know, uh, really looking forward to this, really looking forward to putting on a, a great show, and hopefully we can both perform pretty well. Maybe I can just perform a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super it's super weird. This whole bloody thing we're all going through is super weird. Um, but it's like, it's gotten people like to be creative about it. That's maybe the blessing that we can all take from this whole crazy thing is happening, is that we have to like figure out ways to continue on. You know, life finds a way. Like from Jurassic Park. Uh, but here's the thing, Miki, is it, is it like, does the crowd pump you up, though, in this? Like, is it's got to, right? I mean, nothing compared to being announced to tens of thousands of people screaming for you. Um, you know, whether, whether they're rooting for you or against you, that energy is unlike anything else. But, um, you know, the outpour of support that we've had and uh, the anticipation that's built for this event is really, really awesome. So... And of course, we're looking back. We're looking forward to getting back to live events. But um, you know, we're finding a whole new fan base, people that we haven't reached previously. I think people who maybe weren't really familiar with competitive eating are kind of paying more attention to us. So um, you know, 
different, but we're, we're finding a way, like you said. And um, as Nick mentioned, um, maybe this is setting down the infrastructure for, you know, a model for future events. We've got some great um, competitors on the international scene. And so, you know, even when we do return back to live events, this might be a way to, you know, reach people in other countries that you know, would really perform well too. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's everything's just going to go like online. We've been waiting for this to happen, by the way, and it's slowly but surely been going. Um, but with this new, the new social distancing and isolation that we are going to have with indefinitely, um, this is the new normal, right? And so now you're, you, we have to figure out a way to, to continue doing this stuff. And you're absolutely right. The advantage of it is it, you don't have to be close to each other anymore. You could be anywhere on the planet. And you could still theoretically figure this out. And, you know, even if there might have been technological barricades to it in the past, we're figuring it out right now. Like people are so freaking bored and all they're doing is living online and they've got nothing to do with their time. Um, it's it's like technology is advancing in, in this area um, like like nuts. Let's talk a bit about the competition. We're gonna, The opening qualifying round to seed everybody um, is baloney. Nick, baloney. When's the last time you ate two pounds of bologna? Yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about the opening round with bologna is most of us, I don't think any of us, have done a bologna eating contest. So it's a new food for all of us. Where if you were doing something, you know, like a hot dogs or, or burgers or more common food, um, the eaters who have been around a little bit, you know, chestnuts, pseudos, the stonies have done that 674 times. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the new eaters are going to get taken to task, like myself, where with bologna, we're going to have to learn on the fly. So um, whether the eaters practice or not going into this, um, you're going to have a really brief period of time to figure out in those first maybe 15 to 30 seconds how you're going to get this down don't overthink it and get two pounds of bologna down as fast as possible because you're against seven of the other best eaters in the world. If you make a mistake, you can really quickly slip from first to eight. Uh, yeah, t- there's no room to correct any errors you might make out of the gate because two pounds of bologna is going to go by lightning fast. We're used to competing anywhere from six to ten minutes in duration, um, and two pounds is nothing compared to the amount of food that we put down regularly. So. Um, this is definitely going to test your speed and hand-mouth coordination more than um, some of the capacity of a traditional contest. So, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, there, there is, and I like that, though. It mixes it up a little bit for you guys, you know? There's not that you have done them all, but that's, that you've, done, you've all done a lot of traditional eating and, uh, and making it timed and making different, uh, you know, completely different um, styles of food is going to challenge you guys. We're going to probably see some surprises out of this. Um, the, the next round is awesome. It's Oreos and milk. Um, any of you, both of you, either feel like you've got an advantage of Oreos and milk, maybe because you love Oreos and milk, or you like, you know, the more liquid, the better, or chewing is fun? Um, I would say the Oreos and milk round plays slightly better into my strengths, you know, um, being that they're, they're hard to eat quickly. Oreos are delicious. Um, but... They're not something that you're typically trying to consume 48 in a brief period of time. Yeah, they're so gladly consume 48 to 480 Oreos, give or take, on any given weekday. Um, but I'm going to be doing it on my time versus trying to beat, you know, a Joey Chestnut and getting an OG of Badlands Booker time. Um, and for me, I love Oreos, love doing milk with Oreos. 
you know, so if you're somebody who's not a huge fan of milk, or if you're somebody who's more of a capacity-based competitor, this is not up your alley. With me, I could create selling contests that are going to involve more chewing, a little bit of pain tolerance, and trying to get it down as fast as possible. So I'm psyched going on to the Oreos and milk round um, coming up in a few days. Yeah, the first two rounds really test your speed um, and your ability to adapt in a very short time frame. If you can advance to rounds three and four, um, those will be more capacity-based foods. So I'm kind of hoping to survive the first two uh, foods. Uh, but the fun, that's what makes this competition fun. Each round really plays the strengths and weaknesses of the different competitors. We're all within the Elite Eight, but we're all Elite different ways. So um, it's really anybody's game at this point. Yeah, that's the best part of it. It's a diversity in crazy food. And then you, you move on to the baked beans, guys. The baked beans are like – I mean I like baked beans, but uh, – uh, uh, gallons of baked beans. Now, now this this gets challenging here. What's it like to eat something of that consistency in a mass quantity in a short period of time? Can you give me any insight on like just kind of what that feels like and where you have to get your headspace? Uh, you know, at least at least with the Oreos, it's an Oreo. You're like, oh, you know, there's a little delicious vanilla in the chocolate and there's some crunch there and maybe some nostalgic childhood camping adventures it brings you back to. You know, bologna, it's, it's you know, you're, you're, you're in elementary school, you eat a sandwich, um, you know, you know, the other kids got Pop-Tarts across this and you, and you don't like them for it, but the bologna brings me back somewhere. Baked beans is camping, but a gallon of baked beans is, is to me, strange. I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to do a gallon and a half of baked beans, but we do have a chili eating contest on the circuit, Ooh. so I'm, I think it's going to closest resemble uh, one of those events. So um, that's going to be an event that really tests your capacity as opposed to the first two rounds. For example, in a six-minute chili eating contest, you'll see the winning numbers north of two pounds or two gallons. Pardon me. Um, so it's you hit insane numbers in uh, Chile. I don't expect fake beef to be any different. Yeah, in a contest like that, or the, the closest one I've done to something like that would be like poutine in Toronto. There's a lot of gravy, the cheese curds, uh, the french fries. When something is, let's say, 50% liquid, it goes down extremely fast. It typically shortens the uh, duration of the contest. Um, and you'll see numbers. I think this, this year the top number of poutine was 26 pounds, 27 pounds. Um, that the chestnut put up, um, and even myself, you know, I don't have the biggest capacity in the circuit, but I put up 17-ish pounds, and Nikki took me to task and put up around 22. <laughs> so um, a baked beans is another one. You have a little bit more room for air to try to make up for time because it's so liquidy, but um, that's going to come down to real estate. You know, who can put a lot away in that period of time? Yeah, and that's it. So, like, a, uh, a gallon and a half isn't, anybody's capacity probably at this point, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's no joke for the way, you know, 12-ish pounds of baked beans. Um, you're going to know it's there. <laughs> almost all of us, all eight of us have put away more than 12 pounds of food in a contest. That being said, um, make no mistake about it. You know, putting away 12 pounds of food is not easy for any of us to do. I would say it's like, like a marathon runner can run 26.2 miles when they're 13 miles in, they're still not feeling great about it. You know, they still know totally. they ran those 13 miles. So for us, you know, when we're at 12 pounds, you know, Chestnut's probably going to feel much better than I do at 12 pounds of baked beans. But he's still well aware that there's a gallon and a half of bushes sitting in his gastrointestinal tract. <laughs> 
Yeah, I get it. Uh, it's it's well okay, and then and then finally we've got we've got the 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 cup of noodles, basically the Nissin uh, chicken cup of noodles, I guess with the liquid included in it. There, there there had to have been some ramen competitions that you guys have all gone through for sure, right? Uh, I've never done a ramen uh, contest uh, on the circuit, but there are a lot of noodle restaurant challenges. Uh, a restaurant will offer, you know. For me, my first ever food challenge was 12 pounds of Vietnamese noodle soup, so pho. Um, in Japan, I did a number of ramen challenges. You finish a big bowl in a given amount of time and you know, collect your prize and get on your merry way, but <laughs> I've never seen ramen. Yeah, no, my, I've done a couple of pho challenges in restaurants, yeah. but I've never uh, had to no way. it, um, other than maybe when I was a kid, and that's all we had left in the house. So, you know, I had three siblings. We get that food down as fast as possible, or it's not going to be yours. But uh, I've never done a professional ramen eating contest, so that one's going to be a little bit, you know, if, if I make it to that round, that will definitely be an adjustment that needs to be made quickly. Um, how fast the liquid's going to go down, do I want to try to get the noodles down and drink the liquid? And we have to see what the rules are going to be ultimately, you know, if and when we get there. I think we should be forced to use chopsticks. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> I'm very familiar with instant noodles. You would crush. <laughs> That absolutely should be part of the challenge. I agree. I just thought, for me, I though like I just think noodles, like instant noodles. I just remember like growing up and, and being in college and like the the little the little brick that you drop in the boiling water with the powder. Like I I just I just, I was crushed that in like four bites. I feel like it's just a natural speed food eating thing. I'm so surprised that there haven't been like you know instant noodle competitions before. But that makes me even more excited about seeing you guys get out of your comfort zone a little bit and have to go down the road of some weird thing that you've never tried before. It actually pleases me um, that this is to, to, to get you guys going. Cause you're all pros. It's gonna be tough to throw a curveball at you guys. Um, and here's a question I have for everybody that I've been asking everybody that comes on is like, Hey, um, you like, this is like a head to head kind of competition. Um, bet online's got everybody. They got odds up on like head to head competitors and, and, and betting and fun stuff. So people can, can really dig in and, and have some joy with this. Um, what's it like having like, cause normally you, you, for the most part are just either against the clock and a, a, a crowd, a bevy of other competitors and you just give her until you're done. But this is timed and it's, it's basically one-on-one bracket style. How has this changed everything, especially when you don't have the person next to you, too? Um, how is this changing your philosophy heading into these? Oh, I mean, I'm one of the competitors who will, you know, from time to time glance at the competitors to my left and right to change myself and to see how I'm doing, either for reassurance or to really light that fire underneath me. Uh, you know, I'll also admit to maybe borrowing technique when I see that somebody's doing something more efficiently than I am. And we don't have any of those advantages um, competing in isolation. Um, so it's definitely a different experience. Yeah, I would say she's a lot like, uh, she's the tortoise and the tortoise in the hair <laughs> that watches the other competitors lull them into a false security at a contest. It's like, oh, you're tired now? Here I go. Time for the win. Um, when I'm, you know, dying out for the contest. But this, going into head-to-head bracket challenge, it's funny because her and I have kind of discussed this before, how cool that would be. Because different foods play com- into completely different strengths. So depending on which round you were to face, like if you were to face, let's say, a Michelle Lesko or a Gideon Oji in a chewing food contest, anyone who looks at those track records, they're very efficient in getting small quantities of food down very quickly. Um, where if you were to face a Chestnut or a Stoney or a Mikisudo in 
um, cup noodles or baked beans, I don't want to go toe-to-toe in those capacity things with them. Don't get me wrong. I go into any contest expecting and looking to win. But we all have our own strengths. So those that bracketology coming into play, knowing who you're facing, that can either be super motivating, but you have to try to not let it get into your head depending on what you're eating or you're facing. Yeah, that's absolutely how I thought it would be. There's like everybody's got their strengths and there's a diverse – there's a diversity in foods and you have your pathway. It's like any sport, you know, when you go into the playoffs and, and you know, you get the, the, the cream puff team that just snuck into the playoffs in the first round. And then you get the team with the bad run defense and you're, you're just a pound at running. You know what I mean? These are variables that you, you don't have control over, but it actually helps your pathway to a championship. If you can, if you can get there, Um, you mentioned Mickey about, um, and this is off of, off last night, it was on the um, during the poker chat during the Twitch feed. The, the, it came up. I wanted to get some elaboration on these questions to you guys, and it's about. And I'm really surprised to find that everyone I ask about these restaurant like roadside challenges that you guys always do them. I thought it would be like uh, if you're like friends and you are out like hanging out, and they're just like, "Yo, man, go eat the giant tomahawk steak at Joe's Grill," and you'd be like, oh, "Okay, watch this." You know what I mean? On a good, but you guys just enjoy doing those types of things. That's awesome, by the way. I would totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we pretty much do them because we love food. Um, so essentially, <laughs> we're getting a large meal um, that we don't have to pay for. So, um, totally. Yeah, when the involved, that's, that's great. Um, but a lot of these are just, you know, do I want to go in and order, you know, three burgers because I'm hungry? Or they actually have this large burger challenge that's only seven pounds. It's a large meal. It's going to come with more fries than I'm going to order, but if I finish it, which I will, it's free. So it's, it's just kind of a logical choice. I mean, the attention that comes with it, secondary, and, you know, I appreciate it, but it definitely takes back seats to uh, just enjoying food and getting that somehow. Well, getting your picture on the wall, too. Like, come on. This is, this is, for, for me, like, I love food and I love to eat, but I'm not like, I'm not like a, a, a big, not that you have to be a big guy to be good at this, but I'm just, I, I eat, I pack it away, but not in anything exceptional. Like just my normal group of friends, there's people that everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, Steve crushes it, you know, and I, I'm never in that category, but I'd love to get my, get a t-shirt, you know, for the, like the volcano colon buster burger of doom that's like there right like i'd always love to do that but i just i just never have had the guts to do it maybe i just got to jump in and figure it out you guys have yeah. inspired me if you guys like doing it it's not even like you know do the good food right yeah i mean if you're ever you know through if, if we're ever over there and you're ever through new england you know come on through connecticut and there's a handful of challenges we can show you there's there's one that's a little bit easier it's only a five pound pizza taco Take you to Hartford, you can go hammer that one down. Like you get that pizza down, I think half hour, it's only five pounds. It's a bunch of mac and cheese, pulled pork on there, it's great. That's the, you get your t-shirt, you get your free food, and you'll be well on your way to food starving. Literally my dream. I'm going to take you up on this, and you're, you're, I've got your phone number now, so you're in trouble. Um, because I do make it by uh, the uh, New England area quite often. So, um, hey, you guys, best of luck in the competition. You guys are awesome. Thank you, um, thank you for doing this and giving us all something to like cheer for, and uh, and taking time out of your busy schedules to, you know, well not busy schedule, I guess taking time out of probably doing not much to <laughs> to hang out and do this challenge with everybody. Any uh, any parting words for our loyal uh, loyal listeners? Um, so I just want to say thank you. You know, thanks for having us on. 
thank you for Battle Line, for putting this on, thank you to Major League Eating, you know, for inviting us to do this. And the fact that we were able to, you know, Battle Line and Major League Eating came together to put together $10,000 for Feeding America, which is up to 100,000 meals for especially people right now that need it. That is really awesome. awesome. Don't get me wrong, we miss, there's a nice purse, we love to compete, but it makes us feel that much better when we, all of us come together for ultimately, you know, for lack of a better term, the greater good. You know, 100,000 meals is a lot of meals, and right now I can't think of a better time to really do that. So uh, I think, you know, both of us really want to say thank you for everybody putting this on, and thank you for everybody tuning in and placing the match. Yeah, awesome. You're, you're absolutely welcome. Mickey, any parting, uh, parting info? Oh, no, that pretty much says it all. Yeah, it does. We're thankful that I got to be part of this. Um, that said, I hope to advance through each round. And just a small tip to your listeners, I mean, do your homework. Not everyone's going to shine at every event. So if you're, you know, play, yep. placing bets, I would uh, review the tapes and uh, bet wisely. Cause, uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I think we're going to see some uh, really unexpected performances here. Awesome stuff, you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. This has been the Under Review Show, the Major League Eating Quarantine Challenge. It's here. Um, just head to the Major League Eating YouTube page. Of course, Bet Online is going to have it through their Twitter. They have it on their website um, here at the underreviewshow.com. You can check it all out. Uh, I'm Damon D. Thanks for tuning in. We have way more eaters through the competition. Maybe these two will even come back um, if they advance through the competition. We can learn about how much fun they're having. I'm Damon D. Adios, muchachos.